Spandex Planet is the best wrestling podcast around. All right, some ringing endorsements to kick things off here. Welcome back to another edition of Spandex Planet. Uh, we just completed NXT TakeOver in your house, so we're certainly going to talk about that. Uh, it's also June, so uh, there was a, a June pay-per-view that I was always super excited for when I was younger that's no longer around called King of the Ring, so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, and then we have some word on the street. So um, it looks like Drake Maverick, uh, if you're a, a an NXT follower, was re-signed. Um, I feel like he was probably re-signed after, like, right after he was released, um, because he put up that video crying and, uh, being all sad and stuff, and I think that literally got him rehired. Some folks had some choice words to say about that, namely Leo Rush, um, who was let go and not rehired, but, hey man, it's wrestling, whatever. Uh, good for him, that's cool. Um, I'm not necessarily the, the biggest fan, but I think I always think it's cool when somebody is able to live their dream and, and that kind of stuff. Um, on that note, it looks like Kurt Angle was also offered some sort of a legends deal. Uh, I think the idea was that he would be uh, Matt Riddle's manager. Uh, and you can kind of tell, obviously, by, by Kurt introducing him on SmackDown last week, uh, the, at least introducing a video package. And... Uh, apparently Kurt declined that offer, so not interested. Uh, I think that would have been a cool dynamic, but at the same time, like he, Riddle doesn't necessarily need Kurt Angle uh, as a manager. I feel like he'll probably connect on the main roster pretty well, especially if he's used right. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. I'm wondering if now that things in the world are well, <laughs> things in the world are definitely not normal, but as far as the coronavirus goes, remember that? Um, maybe, you know, things are starting to kind of, you know, uh, go into phase one or two or whatever in, in most areas um, that have phases and things are starting to kind of get back to normal to a degree. I think that in Florida, they can start allowing a certain amount of fans uh, into shows. If that's going to happen soon, I don't know. Um, but maybe now that things are, are kind of, leveling out they may try to rehire some folks yeah i i honestly hope that they don't it seems like everybody that they released has a good contingency plan and, and is going to be fine so uh, i especially am excited to see zach Ryder and uh or matt cardona and uh brian myers on an indie circuit and potentially aew so i'd actually rather them not go back to wwe i think wwe's roster is already pretty pretty uh, bloated so we don't necessarily need anybody else on that note, um, there, rumor and innuendo says that there are some other call-ups uh, that may be occurring soon uh, from NXT under the main roster. So that list of folks that may be getting called up, uh, 
Dominic Dijakovic uh, to the Raw brand, which I could definitely see him there. Uh, and I, you know, I think that it makes sense that he would that he would go to to Raw. Um, Raw's been weird. Um, I feel like. I mean, it's cool, I guess, that they're doing the Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre thing, but it definitely feels like with, especially with Styles going to SmackDown, they need, they need a few more, a few more guys there, uh, maybe to feud with Seth Rollins and his, and his folks, but um, that's a call up I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, Velveteen Dream, um, which also makes a ton of sense. He's been around for a minute, very, very popular, and I think he would do fantastic on probably SmackDown. Um, if used correctly, that's always the little asterisks there. So uh, that could be happening. And if you watched In Your House, which we'll talk about, I think that makes sense. Uh, the other two would be Chelsea Green and Io Shirai. As far as Io Shirai, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen considering, spoiler alert, uh, she just won the NXT Women's Championship at, uh, at TakeOver. I could see Rhea Ripley going up now, potentially. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to put her on the main show as NXT champion. I don't know. Chelsea Green, I think, makes sense, too. She's kind of already been on Raw a few times. She's been around for a little bit. Not necessarily a big presence on NXT, but that's someone I could see fitting in nicely into a, a women's division, particularly on Raw, um, considering that Becky Lynch is out now. Um, I could see Charlotte going back to Raw as well. They need you know, some, some star female power there and i could see chelsea green as well um or io shirai honestly so there's that uh also on the nxt front uh apparently adam cole's contract is expiring um or set to expire in august and of course that that gets everybody into a frenzy hoping that he um is gonna jump to AEW and get back with his buds and the elite and all that and I would be shocked if he didn't re-sign with WWE. I mean, he's been a featured, prominent act since he came in for the last three years. Um, he, he's killing it. He's super popular. I feel like he's being treated well, at least, you know, on the surface it seems that way. And uh, Undisputed Era is still taking off. It's been growing and growing in popularity and, and, and holding holding that popularity. Um, if anything, I could see them all uh, going up to the main roster pretty quick here whenever uh, Cole loses the NXT uh, title, which I feel like could just happen on an episode of, of uh, NXT, honestly. I, he's been holding the title for over a year now, I think 370-something days. Um, I could see there being some sort of something maybe with like Finn Balor and Gargano or, you know, Ciampa and something like that, and, and he loses the belt in some, like, four-way or something like that, and then Undisputed Era hops up to the main roster. That honestly scares me more than anything because, obviously, in NXT, they are, like, the the upper echelon, and I worry that if they go to the main roster, they'll kind of be cast aside or they'll immediately, like, break them apart, which I just don't think would make sense. So I don't know what they're going to do there, but uh, I would be shocked if Adam Cole didn't resign. I, I feel like WWE knows what they have and and they'll you know he's in a good spot he's gonna make a lot of money um transitioning over to aew um fighter fest instead of it being just like one show they're gonna split it up over two weeks and make it a two-week event um kind of interesting uh i think that they're probably not planning on having any fans for a while so I don't know. I guess what the thinking is there. It's kind of interesting to do it over two weeks. I don't. I think just like one special on TNT would have been really cool. But hey, man, it's fine. Whatever. 
So that's going to be July 1st and July 8th. We already have some matches there, uh, particularly Brian Cage versus John Moxley for the AEW Championship. So um, should be good shows. We'll obviously dive into that as it gets closer and, and more matches are are announced. Uh, and then this weekend we have uh, Backlash. So, you know, as far as matches go, I think we're pretty much exactly where we are. I think the only thing added that I haven't talked about is like Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus added. Uh, and then, yeah, that's probably it. Not the strongest show. Um, can't say I'm necessarily excited for it, but hey, man, this is how it goes. Summer pay-per-views are, are notoriously pretty weak, um, which makes you question why they even do them. Let's just go back to the uh, the old way, man. I'm all about nostalgia now. So that's coming up. Uh, but this weekend was NXT TakeOver in your house. So uh, we're going to chat about that. Um, I didn't actually, I realized I didn't do any picks or anything like I would like to do, uh, which is fine. So uh, we'll kind of just talk about what I felt like was going to happen, what did happen, and and give it an overall rating. I want some transition music here. So uh, here we go. All righty. I always like that. So let's kind of revisit NXT in your house. Uh, to kick things off here, uh, this is the 25th anniversary of In Your House. Uh, I, I I like that they went with this theme. I think it's perfect for NXT. Being a 90s kid myself, I, of course, love the color scheme and how 90s they tried to make everything. They did like an Adam Cole promo that mirrored a, a Bret Hart Ico Pro uh, promo. They had Todd Pettengale. Unfortunately, nobody won a house. I think that's crazy that they just, on their first, uh, like in your house event, they just, they gave away a house. That's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I really like the theming. They set up the stage, which I was hoping they'd do or figuring they would do, uh, like the old in your house set, just a little bit of a, of a modern update. Uh, love the, the Doc Hendricks picture. This is a meme going around with Johnny Gargano pointing to that. So that's super cool. Uh, so kicking things off, I was obviously sold already with the, anything 90s themed. I'm a, I'm, I get marketed pretty easily. Uh, the first match, we had Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I, I mean, it was fine. Uh, I think they did a good job. Uh, Good for an opener, for sure. Uh, Mia Yim, Blackheart, and, and Knox got the win. Uh, not surprising. That's probably who I, who I would have picked to win. Also, I do really like Candice LeRae's heel character with Johnny. I think that that was, that was a good move uh, for WWE. So, yeah, I mean, the match was fine. It, it was good timing. It was just under 10 minutes, which is, I think, perfect for that type of match. Um, I You know, I'd say 7 out of 10 on that one. It was definitely above average, but nothing super um extraordinary uh so that was good uh we then transitioned into finn balor versus damian priest uh i would have picked damian priest to win this one uh but finn balor did end up getting the win here um this was another one i think it was good um it it was really good it, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite match i there's something about damian priest that just he does i don't connect with him so it's hard for me and I think that in depending on the opponent, sometimes Finn Balor, like his 
match formula can get a little stale to me, but it's not bad. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea. So this match, I, I think I would probably go right in line with uh, the first match and give that one a 7 out of 10. It was certainly above average um, in comparison to other things, but it, it wasn't it wasn't anything that knocked my socks off. So I think 7 out of 10 is fair. Uh, then we moved into the NXT North American Championship match. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee, who is the North American Champion. Uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of Gargano's um, heel character. Keith Lee with the Black Lives Matter gear was was perfect, so I knew he was going to retain because that would have not been a good look for him to lose with that sort of gear on. Um, it was good. It, it was really good. This is probably the... the the match of the night for me, for sure. Um, it was like 20 minutes long. I, I thought it was it was technically, it looked good. It made sense psychology-wise. Um, and it was very entertaining, which that's sort of the recipe for success there. So uh, I was a really big fan of that match. Uh, Keith Lee picked up the win, retained the belt. I thought Gargano looked great um, with the key in the eye and all that stuff. Really, really good stuff for being like a small heel. You got to do things like that, especially against a gigantic human being like Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee retains, like I said, after uh, a couple of big old spirit bombs and then uh, the Big Bang Catastrophe, which is so hilarious that he gets away with calling a move the BBC, um, which makes me like him 20 times more. So that one, that one, like I said, match of the night for me there. So I'd probably give that one a 9 out of 10. Uh, it was, I don't really know what could have set it over the top, but there's just something in me that's like, this isn't the best match I've ever seen, so I'm not going to give it 10 out of 10. But uh, in comparison to the rest of the night, certainly match of the night, like I've said about five times now. Uh, and so, yeah, great one. If you're going to watch any match from the show, that's the one I would say you should go watch. Uh, very, very well done. Then we went to the NXT Championship match, which I'm I'm never a fan of that being like mid-card um, I don't think it makes sense. I think the the main event was the NXT Women's Triple Threat, which I thought it might be, which which is okay. I just I, it always sits weird with me that the that the the world title or the the NXT title or WWE title or AEW title or whatever it, it goes on like mid show. I always think that's really weird. Um, so I didn't love that, but I got over it. So this was a backlot brawl filmed very much in the vein of the the John Cena, Eddie Guerrero one from like 2003. If you remember that one, those are the vibes it gave me. Um, And in this match, if Dream lost, he cannot challenge for the NXT championship again. Uh, Adam Cole picked up the win here, which is why I think it makes sense that Velveteen Dream probably gets called up. Maybe even this week. Time will tell. Um, Man, I... This one was interesting for me. I thought it was good, but it wasn't even as entertaining as it could have been considering it was like pre-taped and outside and they could have done some some out-of-the-box stuff. There were definitely good moments, um, but it, it wasn't my favorite. I think I'd give this one a 7 out of 10 also. Like, it was fine, and I think it made sense that Adam Cole won. Um, uh, we had Velveteen Dream dressing up like um, the guy. I'm not a Walking Dead person. I'm sorry. Uh, Negan, I think is his name with the baseball bat, bad guy. Yeah, so that that was cool. Uh, we also had Johnny Gargano dress up, I, apparently for the Mandalorian, which I'm also not a Star Wars person, so. But that's cool. I always like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about that. I mean, I give it like a seven out of ten. It was fine, but didn't love it. 
Then we got to uh, Karrion Cross and his first like match with a name and not a squash. Although it did end up being a squash uh, with Scarlet versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, I think for Cross's character, it of course makes sense because he's just like a smaller, like Brock Lesnar style character where he's just tearing everybody apart. And I think the fact that he just like smashed Ciampa that quickly in like six minutes, they obviously have big plans for him. Ciampa's like right under Adam Cole's the top guy in, in NXT. So that obviously makes Cross look extremely strong. makes him like a big deal instantly, instant credibility. But the fact that it was a squash match with Ciampa was just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan. I thought it sucked. I, I, it was just a bummer. I would have liked to have seen a more competitive match, even with Cross getting the win. And I mean, even if they made it competitive to a degree and then maybe there's something that changes the tide and then Cross just smashes them for a few minutes and then chokes them out. That's, that's, that would have been better. But to me, a six minute, just short. I understand. Like I said, that goes towards his character. It makes sense. I just, I wasn't a fan. So I, you know, I would have given this one probably like a, I want to give it a five just because everything looked good. So it's not like it was like a bad mat. They did everything well, but I also want to give it a four because it just was stupid to me. Um, I guess I don't know. I'll just go in the middle and do like 4.5. So, you know, you could skip that one. I think all you really need to see is that, uh, cross choking out Champa and then that paints the picture for you. Okay. This dude's an animal. Um, you know what? Maybe I will give it a five because I watched the whole thing and didn't like look away or anything. So that one's a five, um, obviously a weak match, but it wasn't really meant to be a match. It was more of a squash. So it is what it is. Uh, then we had the, uh, main event. Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair, who was the NXT champion, versus Rhea Ripley. I thought this match was uh, great. It was really, really good. Um, everyone, you know, hit all their spots. Uh, Shirai was definitely the star of the match, which is great because she ended up picking up the win and finally winning the belt. I know that's something that the uh, the internet wrestling community has been asking for for a while. And, uh, yeah, she hits the moonsault. She kind of missed at the end, a little bit of a botch. Uh, but it kind of looked like she landed on Rhea Ripley's face while she was caught in the um, figure eight. And then Charlotte couldn't untie her legs quick enough to to break up the three counts. We have Io Shirai as champion. I think, hopefully, this is Charlotte Flair going back to Raw. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think it was a great way to, you know, end out the show. Shirai winning the belt. Uh, the, the streamers coming out. Uh confetti coming down very uh puro resu as mauro ranallo said um really cool uh so this match i think i would give like an eight out of ten also it was it was really really good kept my attention thought it was everything kind of fired on all cylinders like i said shirai was certainly the star of the match um so it was cool that she won and having charlotte as nxt women's champion was unique i guess but like who cares like why um so yeah, so I think that's that, that was a good move. So overall, this show, um, you have to give it bonus points for just being unique. Um, but there was definitely some things that I didn't love. Um, so I think overall, I'd probably give this show like a seven. Even with the Gargano-Lee match, which was awesome, could have been on any takeover, this was not one of the stronger takeovers um, at all. Which is okay. Doesn't not everything's gonna be like unbelievable. 
Um, NXT has sort of broken that trend because the majority of it is pretty unbelievable usually, but this one was just fine. Um, They know what they're doing for sure, and and they worked with what they had, and I thought the theming was cool, and there was some cool stuff, but overall, yeah, just not a big... It wasn't my favorite takeover, for sure. So I think like a 7 out of 10 is is a... very fair score so definitely give it a watch if you haven't yet if if nothing else watch uh watch the main event and watch the keith lee gargano match because that was excellent um yeah and so you know always excited for the next takeover next weekend we have backlash i can i don't okay i i mean i am biased but i can almost say with all certainty that i will not enjoy backlash as much as as takeover so (laughs) there's that so if you if you had to choose watch that all right so let, let's kind of break uh, for our ads real quick, and then uh, we're going to talk about King of the Ring. I alluded to it earlier, and uh, I'm going to stick to that. This episode of Spandex Planet is brought to you by Gary Swan on YouTube. Gary Swan is a multimedia mogul passionate about the growth of the entertainment industry. He privately funds actors and influencers under his banner, Gary Swan Productions. He lives by one simple quote, quantity over quality and saturating the market specifically on YouTube and it has carried over to Instagram. So that is Gary, G-A-R-Y, Swan, S-W-A-N-N on YouTube and on Instagram at G-A-R-Y underscore S-W-A-N-N underscore YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E, Gary underscore Swan underscore YouTube on Instagram. Give the boys a follow and let them know what you think. Another friend of the show is programmed for pro wrestling on Instagram. Regular uploads centered around pro wrestling nostalgia from WWE, WCW, ECW, the Indies, Japan, and more. They upload pretty regularly, and it is one of my uh, one of my favorite pages to look at. Uh, some cool stuff, at least a few times a week, sometimes daily. Uh, that is programmed. The number four pro wrestling on Instagram. All right. Well, rather than book a human uh, this week, I wanted to fantasy book King of the Ring because it's June, and around this time, up until 2002, King of the Ring was one of the the big five pay-per-views. Um, it was one of the original five uh, before the In Your House came in, and then that broke into a monthly pay-per-view, which, hey, you either agree with or you don't. Uh, I think sticking to, to the, the five pay-per-views a year made them more special, but hey, to each their own. A pay-per-view every month is also cool, but I think having like a special along with pay-per-views probably would make more sense, but hey man, what do I know? I'm here and they're there. So uh, King of the Ring was always one of my favorite, favorite things as a kid just because I am a huge uh, advocate of tournaments in wrestling. I think that it makes things really, really fun. Um, It's fun to like predict and bank on and then have a tournament winner, and King of the Ring was really a way to get people to... Uh, the next level, it did turn into everyone's gimmick changing and then being King so-and-so, just like we see with uh, King Corbin right now. Um, although I will say he's doing it a little differently than others, and I'm, I'm actually a fan of that. Um, but King of the Ring was just kind of uh, like a tournament that would happen 
once a year. Um, they'd have the brackets, and then the winner would be king of the ring. And normally that would lead to some kind of push. In 93, it became a pay-per-view. Uh, like I said, one of the big five. Um, and, you know, they're not always great. Um, some of them are. I think the ones that stand out would be 94, 96, uh, 2001, and 2002, which was actually the last one. 94, you had Owen Hart um, winning. Uh, if you haven't seen that show and you have the network, go watch it. I think 94 King of the Ring is probably the best King of the Ring out of all of them. Um, really, really great. Um, it, watching the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring really got me inspired to take a look um, at that. Um, and it was fantastic. So that one's really, really good. 96, I think, is probably the most famous one. That's where we got you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's kind of coming out party and uh, the... Stone Cold 316 was born there um, after he won King of the Ring, and that really propelled him into superstardom. Um, the 2000 King of the Ring is not considered one of the better ones, uh, but it does hold a special place in my heart. One of the first like wrestling DVDs that I had, like I had tapes, so I had VHS tapes of like random shit that I would just pick up, like some taped like Raws from the 90s and taped Smackdowns, but I lived in a small town, there was a Blockbuster there, so I would rent things, like I would rent Coliseum home video stuff, uh, that was like three or four years, you know, old, um, but I never really owned a lot, um, I, I had like a Kurt Angle, or no, maybe it was a Chris Jericho one from 2000, uh, my friend, Mike, who was ended up being my tag partner had, um, like Eve of destruction that had like the Hardys and edge and Christians ladder match at no mercy 99 and some other matches from 99, um, that I believe I probably stole from him. I don't know. He let me borrow it and I took it. Uh, and then I remember I did own like a best of raw from 1998 that I just watched on repeat all the time. Um, but the first, like, ones that I really, really like owned that weren't just like pre-recorded stuff or tape things uh, was King of the Ring 2000. And I don't know why I owned that or why I, where I got it. I probably, I don't know. I probably found it at like a Walmart or I don't know. Um, but I did have that. So I used to watch that on repeat like all the time as you do as a child. Uh, and so that was the birth of King Kurt. And uh, it's not like held in anybody else's hearts very fondly, but to me, a lot of nostalgia. And frankly, anything from the year 2000 is just like one of my favorite things because I did watch a lot of wrestling, like 97, 98, 99, but 2000 was really where I was like, I understood that it was like my passion in life. So uh, anything from that year is awesome. Plus I just love 2000s like nostalgia along with the 90s. So yeah, love that one. Uh, 2001 has a couple of famous moments. I don't. I'm not sure that the tournament had like a lot of, um, like high regard, but um, there was the Kurt Angle Shane McMahon street fight on there, which is just one of my favorite matches ever. That was uh, amazing. And then we had Edge winning King of the Ring, which started the Edge and Christian split. So um, that was a, a great one in my opinion as well. Uh, and then 2002 was the last one. And why they decided to, to can it after that, I'm not 100% sure. They had the, the brand split, and they just wanted to do, like, SmackDown Raw pay-per-view separate. Um, but I don't know. They just, like, didn't want to do it anymore. That one had some better matches in the tournament. You had, like, RVD, um, 
great showing from him. And then Lesnar ended up being the ultimate winner. Also on that show, I was a huge fan of Jamie Noble for some reason and the hurricane. And they had a really good match um, on that, that show as well. So I think 2002 King of the ring is, is pretty fantastic. Uh, and then they took a four year hiatus and then came back with like just a TV tournament. They didn't necessarily have it on pay-per-view, which is kind of weird to me. And that's where we got King Booker. So that one's probably, that one sticks out in people's minds. Cause I think King Booker was like a big, a big deal, especially in 2006. Um, then it took two years off and we had the 2008 tournament where Regal won and then took another two years off. And then, it, you know, it seems like it's going to be an every two year thing. And then Sheamus wins the 2010 and then it just doesn't happen for five years. <laughs> so I just don't know. They just, they can't commit to King of the ring for some reason. And in my opinion, rather than having a, a show called stomping grounds that nobody goes to like bring back King of the ring, make it a big deal, make the winner a big deal. Um, but you know, that's just me. I, King of the ring, like I said, was one of my favorites. So it hurts me that it's not really a, a prominent thing too much anymore. Uh, so like I said, after Sheamus wins in 2010, we had a 2015 return. And I remember actually being excited about this because it had been so long. And that's where we got the King Barrett, uh, win. But it, again, I think there was like a special, but it wasn't, you know, a, like a pay-per-view. Then it took four years off for whatever reason and came back this year. And that's where we have uh, Baron Corbin. And it just like, isn't that big of a deal, you know? And, and to me, I would love for it to, to come back. Um, and so, you know, I knew I wanted to talk about King of the ring with it being June, but then I was like, I've been watching a lot of Christian matches, big, big Christian. Like I've always been a big Christian fan, but like, as of late, I've really been enjoying all of this stuff from, you know, his, from 99 to, to 2011 or 12 ish before they just decided they didn't want to deal with them anymore. Um, and man, he, he is so awesome. And he was so good. Like I was like, Oh, I want a fantasy book Christian because that's someone where I'm like, dude, drop the ball huge with him. But, uh, I started watching King of the Rings and I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta talk about King of the Ring. So on that, I'm like, what if King of the Ring came back? Let's, let's all live in a fantasy world where, and since that's what this is about, where King of the Ring didn't, uh, or where coronavirus didn't happen, or it was shorter, right? It was like a month, and we're like, all right, cool, we're good. That What a world, man, for multiple reasons. Um, and now it's June, and the groundwork has been laid, and there's a tournament, uh, and they, they've announced King of the Ring, and it comes back as a June pay-per-view instead of this stupid backlash, greatest match ever bullshit that, that's happening. Um, so it's now, um, and I was – whoa. Uh, and I was in this thinking, you know, that, that dream wins the, the belt from Adam Cole this weekend. So Adam Cole's in the tournament. Okay. Um, Adam Cole and undisputed era are called up in this scenario because spoiler, I, I think King of the ring makes a ton of sense for Adam, like someone like Adam Cole, if they brought it back and reinstated it and they have somebody that has like a future, um, like an Adam Cole, him winning King of the ring and it actually meaning something, um, not like, you know, 95 where Mabel wins or uh, even, the, you know, the last few with, with King Corbin and King Barrett and all that shit. Um, I think Adam Cole is the perfect person to kind of spearhead that. So to me, this is something where it's not – we're bringing it back like old school. Like we have eight brackets. Um, there's no main event players in there. Maybe there's some people in here that are you know, at one time had been in the main event. Um but they're not 
actively, you know, working for the, the, the WWE or world, um, or universal world heavyweight, um, or, uh, or universal title. So there's no Braun Strowman's, there's no Seth Rollins, there's no Drew McIntyre's. It's mid card guys that are going to take the next level. When Adam Cole gets called up, he's on TV with undisputed era. Boom. He's entering in the tournament. Um, Riddle is also here. So here, here's my brackets, right? So what I did, I was like, okay, so King of the Ring 2020. So on TV each week, we're on SmackDown. Uh, we're, we have these matches. We have eight brackets. Bracket one, we have Ginger Mahal versus Kevin Owens. Uh, then we have Adam Cole versus Humberto Carrillo. And then Alistair Black versus uh, Garza. I'm having like a brain fart on his name. I want to call him Hector Garza, but that's not who he is. Angel Garza. Hector Garza is his uncle or someone. I don't know. Uh, Angel Garza. And then we have, uh, sh- here's here's my random one. Got to plug Shane Thorne in there uh, in R-Truth. Uh, Matt Riddle and Dolph Ziggler. Shelton Benjamin versus Bobby Roode. Cesaro versus Elias. And then Ricochet versus Cedric Alexander. So those are my, my 16 that start the tournament off. So... Round one, we have Jinder versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens gets the win. Uh, then we have Adam Cole versus Humberto Carrillo. Adam Cole gets the win there, obviously, which sets up uh, the quarterfinals where we have um, Owens versus Cole. Next, we have um, Black defeats Angel Garza, and then Shane Thorne beats R-Truth. So our next quarterfinal, we have Alistair Black versus Shane Thorne. Uh, next, Matt Riddle beats Dolph Ziggler and then Shelton Benjamin beats Bobby Roode, which sets up Riddle and Shelton. And then we have Cesaro defeating Elias and Ricochet defeating Cedric Alexander, which I thought was a cool um, opening round match. They could have a really good one, which sets up Cesaro versus Ricochet. So the quarterfinals, we have Kevin Owens versus Adam Cole, Alistair Black versus Shane Thorne, Matt Riddle versus Shelton Benjamin and Cesaro versus Ricochet. All guys who have not quite been to the top aside from Owens, but he kind of hum- like hovers around the mid card, and Alistair Black, who's like right there, Matt Riddle, who's really popular and right there, and some guys like Shelton and Cesaro, who are very underutilized. So first quarterfinal, Owens versus Cole. I think they could have a killer match. This could even be the finals, but it's not. Uh, Adam Cole gets the win there, and next we have Alistair Black versus Shane Thorne. As much as I would love to set up this tournament for Shane Thorne, I am, even though I'm fantasy booking, I'm also thinking like a little realistically. So we have Alistair Black beating Shane Thorne. Then we have Matt Riddle beating Shelton Benjamin and Ricochet beating uh, Cesaro. So that sets up the semifinals. So we have Adam Cole versus Alistair Black, Matt Riddle versus Ricochet. Um, so this would carry over to the pay-per-view, right? So you have whatever WWE title matches. It could still you could still do Edge versus Orton. You could still do Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison, even though that's stupid. You, um, you can still do Drew versus um, Bobby Lashley. Uh, you can do Apollo Cruz versus someone who lost in in a previous round for the U.S. title, um, probably Andrade again, whatever, right? So um, we'd open the show with Cole versus Alistair Black. Um, real close, but Undisputed Era gets Cole the win. And then the next would be uh, Matt Riddle versus Ricochet. Also very competitive. Shock win. Ricochet goes over Matt Riddle, which Matt Riddle would have probably been up there as a pick to win the whole thing. Um, that sets up the finals, which is Adam Cole versus Ricochet. 
Um, this really could help both guys. Undisputed Era is banned from ringside. Uh, and then the ultimate winner here, we got Adam Cole uh, picking up the win, King Cole. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, that could really start the push for him. And I think as a King of the Ring pay-per-view, I know I, I, I booked like a lot of, of brackets and stuff, but really going back to just like the old King of the Ring style with, with the eight brackets and, and the 16 guys in the tournament and having someone like Adam Cole win, who's already really popular, could really give it some credibility back. Like my hope with WWE is, is that they do something like this again. Let me know what you think about my, my brackets, what you would have done differently, how you think that would have played out on TV, what, you know, whatever. Um, but, but really my hope, I would love to go back to just the having Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, and then Survivor Series. And then maybe throughout the year you have something, you know, like October, there's some sort of Halloween special, um, or something, maybe you have another, like, you know, similar to Saturday night main event, NXT can still have their takeovers here and there, but that, that's sort of, you know, I, I think it would just make pay-per-views more special. It'd be honestly less work that they have to do setting up a pay-per-view every month and, and especially setting up just these throwaway bullshit pay-per-views that like no one ever really like likes that much. Even, um, I get, from a business standpoint, probably the, the revenue for the tickets and merch sales, like at the live events, that makes sense to have one every month, but also like, especially right now, you're not making money off of that. So why are we having these shows? Like backlash is this weekend. There's like six matches announced. I've heard zero people in, in any wrestling community that's excited about it. So it's like, why are we doing it? It, it doesn't, make a lot of sense and this is where i think aew is is doing a lot of things right and obviously i understand that i'm an aew like shill um and i ride that wave but for fuck's sake man like if you look at the shows that they've been putting on versus what wwe has been doing yes wwe is more established they have probably a bigger fan base just based on their notoriety but aew is moving quickly they're on network tv they're getting more popular and they, they're not having a pay-per-view every five seconds. They kind of have that formula where they have revolution, double or nothing, all out, full gear, whatever. That's like, you know, they have four pay-per-views a year, every quarter. That That is such a better formula. And then they have random shows like Fighter Fest and stuff like that in the middle. But those are just specials. Like, man, I, I, to me, that's that would be the way that I would run a wrestling company. I, it's so easy to get fatigued. Um Especially, like I said, if you don't, having to come up with content every single month, you're just bound to have some shows that are lacking and then it just leaves a bad taste, right? Um, you know, I've been watching a lot of WWE from like 2003 to 2005 or six ish and, and they did it every month and I, maybe it's just the, the uh, nostalgia in me, but it seems like they did it better. But even then, there were some shows, even with like heavy nostalgia and bias on this time period, some of the shows just sucked, man. Like they're just, to me, there's no need to have a pay-per-view that often. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, but to me, AEW has a business model that's really, really working. And man, I would like to see WWE go back to, to that, honestly. Um, on that note, 
the AEW with them moving up, there, there's word uh, that there's going to be a new video game potentially. Um, there's also like a ton of wrestling games being developed. There's one by Virtual Basement that has a bunch of indie guys signed. Um, there was another one that like Ukes could be working on, which used to make the WWE games, and that one f- could be AEW, frankly. Uh, and then 2K has taken a year off uh, because 2K20. If anybody's played that game, terrible, not good, uh, not good at all. Um, and so it's really cool they're taking a year off to reformulate and they'll pump out a game next year. But with eight, that you know being said, AEW moving up, getting the video game, uh, they have their first set of action figures coming out unrivaled uh, in August that look amazing. I have them all pre-ordered because again, I'm an AEW shill and I want all of their merchandise. Uh, and to me, they're just they're doing things right. Um, I've heard a lot of stuff uh, about like Cody Rhodes winning the TNT title, and I I talked about it too. I was like, man, what a bummer, but. If you listen to the promo that he cut on Dynamite, man, I really think this is like a slow heel turn where he's just putting himself over on purpose. And if that is really what's happening, that is so smart, and I'm super excited. Um, I I think that that's, that's the way to do it. That could be what breaks apart the elite. You have Kenny and Hangman kind of hanging together. They, the, the way that they're planting seeds for their stories, like – I feel like people are just instantly shitting on it and jumping on it because they're so used to the WWE like quick turnaround for storylines. Um, sometimes they don't do that, but a lot of times they do. And what you see is what you get. Whereas in AEW, I feel like they're planting a lot of seeds that are going to lead to something bigger. And uh, I hope I'm right. Uh, that seems to be what's happening. And I think that's that that's really really smart. Cody's to me just a natural heel, um, and I think that would be that would be honestly the move, and just have him abuse his power to to win the belt. I think would be so smart. Instant heat. The fans already hate that shit, so I am uh, I'm pumped about that. Um, I'm also pumped about. I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of things are starting to kind of go back to normal, so I'm hoping I can get in there and train again. Um, I've really been trying to like dial in some things like some move sets and, and what I would do as a healer, as a baby face, um, you know, just in preparation for some matches. I, I have a ways to go before I feel comfortable, like even performing again, but the quicker I can get back into the ring and just take bumps and run the ropes and get more, get back into ring shape and get more, uh, re-familiarized with things, uh, the better I'm going to feel and the more confident I'm going to feel. And with, like I said, with the way everything's been going lately, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping, uh, where I live, we're going to enter into the, the phase where I'm, I can get back in there. Um, I think that would be really, really cool. I'm itching to get back in, uh, still training hard in, in ways that I can trying to introduce some more like cardio and things like that. Um, but nothing replicates it. I talked about it, I think last week, there's just nothing replicates like being in the ring, so once I get back in there, the podcast content is going to be pretty cool because I can kind of just over, you know, I can focus on what I really wanted to focus on. I do think the fantasy booking stuff is fun, but I really want to stick to, you know, what training's like, my thoughts and ideas and plans, and I just want you to kind of come on the journey with me. I've thought about um, filming it for YouTube as well, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um even if I don't, I do upload the podcast to YouTube. So if you prefer to watch it on YouTube, that's totally cool. Uh, Josh explains it all is my YouTube. That's uh, J O S H 
E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S-I-T-A-L-L, all one word. Uh, Josh explains it all on YouTube. Uh, and I upload um, all the podcasts there, at least all the newer ones, uh, so you can watch it there as well. Also, the pod is on Instagram. There's a link in the description of wherever you're listening uh, to this at. Um, but it is um, at Spandex Planet Pod on Instagram. So give me a follow. That way you know when these podcasts pop up. I try to do them every single Monday night, man. So uh, yeah, I, I appreciate listening. If you are listening, if you're not, I don't know how, you know, you're not, you don't hear this message, but if you're not, you should be. Uh, tell your friends. You heard the endorsements at the beginning of the pod, man. People like this. You could be one of those people. Cave into peer pressure. Listen to this shit. Um, yeah, but either way, uh, next week we'll talk about backlash, and maybe I'll do the the Christian thing I was talking about. And then hopefully I get back in the uh, in the ring quickly, and we can really uh, talk about that and 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 go over how training's going and and what character progression looks like, and you know dive into what I'm thinking for like move sets and things like that. So hope everyone's out there staying healthy, staying safe. We're in a crazy world right now. Um, but Hey man, wrestling's still there. So if you're a fan, <laughs> you can watch that. All right. We're going to hop out of here. This has been a- another episode of spandex planet. And we will chat next week. Okay. Bye.